Oh, hi. It's Hannah, and this is the Salt and Branch Podcast. And I'm still waiting on a jingle. (laughs) This is episode 16 of the podcast within the series of, well, not within, but uh, within the podcast doing a series through Kindling called Friend of God. And if you're new to the show and new to Salt and Branch, hi, I'm Hannah. I'm 28. I live in Texas. I'm a high school teacher. And I love the Lord. LOL. Is that laugh out loud? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, if you have missed, let's see, going way back, episode 12, 14, or 15, those are the three other parts of this series that are going to be important. Uh, not necessary, but they are helpful. Uh, to just get a, a more cohesive look at this subject that I'm talking about when it comes to friend of God and what I mean when I say friend of God. And episode 13, that gets thrown in there, and I talk about grief and God's goodness uh, after the loss of my mom last summer. That has nothing to do with kindling, but I thought it was important to talk about, and I still do. So I would go back to episode 12, if you can, to gain some context about this series. I kind of share my heart about where the inspiration for this came from. My dog is chewing on her bone right next to me. How is that helpful? Bye. (laughs) So episode 12 gives you some context, and then the subsequent episodes then kind of break into these smaller topics within this bigger idea of being a friend of God and what that might look like for somebody. And um, everything is rooted in the book of James. That's like towards the very end of the Bible. Chapter 2, verse 23, and it talks about Abraham um, and how he believed in and how he believed God, and that was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. And if you want to read more about that, go back and read that. I was just reading through... Oh, no. This isn't in my show notes. I was just reading through Hebrews? Question mark? I don't know. No. Genesis. I don't know. I was reading in the Bible, and it mentions Abraham again, and it talks about um, him believing God. And I just thought that was interesting because now we're talking about at the end of the Bible, and they they talk about Abraham believing God in the beginning of the Bible. It's all just cool. So... We talked about uh, communication, we talked about trust, and now we're going to talk about honesty. And when I sat down to write these show notes, honestly, <laughs> I I feel like this is such a big topic and there's so many things to say and there's so many parts of my heart that has struggled with honesty when it comes to the Lord and what that could look like tangibly and how that shows up in my friendships. So like my show notes, literally number one says, I don't know how I feel about talking about this topic. (laughs) But when I sat down and I thought, okay, what's the next thing I want to talk about? I, I thought to myself, well, what are marks of on, on my closest friendships and what makes those friendships closer than others? And, and I began to just kind of process like it it's honesty and it's this was gonna be about vulnerability but I was like man that seems a little clinical 
I don't know. But I, like, I'm coming off of a tough conversation with a friend just about a season of life, and there's just something really beautiful in when you're a part of a friendship or a relationship, even to where when you say important things to someone, you know that they are landing in a really sacred and guarded and um, loving place that I think many of us will only get with a couple of people in our lives and then maybe with a spouse, but then we, we do have the opportunity to have that with the Lord too. And so I think... Um, to just touch on what I mentioned last episode, like I don't, I don't ever want to diminish like who God is and belittle Him to like, oh yeah, He is my friend, aka He is my peer. No, ma'am. But I do see a value in personalizing um, His Spirit, the part of the Trinity that dwells with us on the earth, um, who. Uh, who acts like a friend in our day-to-day life and walks with us into circumstances and encourages us in difficult moments and convicts us when we're a little out of line and discerns us when we walk into a situation where we're like, hmm, this doesn't feel right. Uh, that's what a friend does. So if a, if a good friend and I walk into a room and we see something sketchy going on, we're going to be the first to look at each other and be like, we got to get out of here. That's what, that's what his spirit does. Um... If somebody offers you an opportunity and all of a sudden all your little feelings on the inside are all jacked up and they're like, mm, this doesn't feel right. and um, I think you could call it intuition, but I am learning that it's his spirit. Like that's a gift to discern the difference between, um, I don't know, good and evil, I guess. Bad intentions, good intentions, whatever you're discerning, I guess. All of this to say, if I, if we, if you can begin to think about your relationship with God, your friendship with God, your relationship, awareness, acknowledgement of his spirit as part of the Trinity, so like incredibly uh, undescribable as the Lord, as as a friend and as a friendship, then then I believe that we must consider our honesty that we bring into the relationship as part of something that allows it to either grow or die. How optimistic. How <laughs> helpful, Hannah. Um, so as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about, I got to this place, and I was just running it by my roommate before I record this of, um, like, I kind of got to this place of somewhat, like, confessing or sharing or confiding in one another and with friends and what that looks like to encourage that and to encourage that element of honesty. And so I think we see honesty when, I don't know, we're faced with a confession or we're faced with a choice or we're faced with um, addressing maybe an issue or 
you know, I don't know, or like broken trust and seeking forgiveness. I mean, there's all different ways that we have honesty in relationships and friendships, but I think for this, for the sake of today, for the sake of these short under 30 minutes that I have you, because I'm trying to rein it in, um, I want to encourage us, and I say us because it's something that I'm working at, um, of how can we foster a more honest hmm, dialogue? I guess this goes back to the communication episode, but how can we foster that honest dialogue and communication with God um, and see his Holy Spirit as some somebody who is our friend? And that's, I would say for some of you, that's like a foreign concept. I would say for me, it's still a foreign concept because I don't get it. But I am being really subtly encouraged as I continue to talk like that of like, no, you're, no, no, that, that, that seems on track. That's on track for now. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to get corrected. So I think of a couple elements when I think of my honesty with my friends. I have three or four friends in mind. These are friends who, um, I have at one point or another, I have shared my dreams with. I've been like, dude, I got this idea and it's wild, but here's what I'm thinking. Uh, because I know they're going to be my biggest fan. I know that they're going to support me, but I also know that they're going to ask me to consider some details that maybe I hadn't previous to talking with them. I think of confessing things to them. And I went through a period, maybe one, two, three, four years ago, where I felt like, looking back now, I felt like, and I feel like, it was a season of just unearthing and like ripping roots out of... Um, a harvest I never wanted. I never wanted to... I never wanted to re-address struggles that I'd had, like my college years. I never wanted to address things that had happened in my past. Um, I never wanted to re-address shortcomings of mine and how I treated others and I felt like God did this like open heart surgery on me for like a year and every three and a half weeks it felt like something else bubbled to the surface and at first I didn't I didn't want to be honest about it and I didn't want to acknowledge it and I didn't want to talk to anybody about it and I thought people were going to be like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that. You know, we get like that. We all get like that. We don't want to share something because we feel like people are going to judge us. And I get that because I have felt like that. And honestly, I don't know if I feel like that anymore. I just tell people things. <laughs> and if it's weird, then I just walk away. The good news is we're adults and we can walk away. But I go back to that season of my life where I remember that feeling of like a tightening chest of like, oh, I remember this. And, um... I feel like I should tell somebody about it. And my heart um, my heart aches for people in that moment of I have something that I 
desperately want to get off my heart and share it with somebody, but I'm afraid to for whatever reason. And I know that feeling, and it's a scary feeling, and it's an isolating feeling, and I am certain that there are people listening who have details in their life that they would rather keep in the dark, and I don't blame you. I have details that I would prefer not to put on a megaphone, though I will if you ask me to, um, that I didn't think would, I don't know, I guess ever get healed. I was like, oh, I'll just carry this forever. Like, I got complacent with it. and I Now I don't believe we have to. So I look back at some of the conversations that I had over that year and then just building into just the years that followed and to present day, like, my most beautiful friendships right now are the ones that include conversations of, like, just the other day, I literally texted a friend and I said, I don't like how little patience I have for this person. Can you keep me in check when I misspeak to you? Um, and I guess that's called a gossip. I mean, I don't know. But I saw this ugly part of my heart, and I knew that it was challenging the life that I was trying to live by following Christ. And so I went to my friend, and I was like, keep me in check. Like, I, I don't like this about myself. And when you see it, will you just call it? And be like, Hannah, what are we working on? <laughs> I'll be like, oh, LOL. <laughs> and I remember, like, just before I asked my friend to hold me accountable, I just had this just like anxious I don't know what the feeling was but it 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 made me not want to it made me not want to ask for accountability. But then I remembered all those conversations I had had a couple years ago with other friends where I just I felt like I just kept vomiting like every week to my friends. I was like and then I did this and then I did that and then this happened and then this person hurt me like this and blah 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 and I react and I just <laughs> ended up just vomiting for like a year straight I feel like. Um but those friends that I shared all that with, I have built some muscle in my brain, heart, gut, I don't know, to where now when something rises, I don't sit on it for more than maybe 35 minutes. Because I know that at the other end of that conversation, there's healing, there's comfort, there's encouragement. And sometimes there's even like, yummy too, but I didn't want to talk about it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's just bond over the shortcoming or let's bond over this fear or let's bond over this irritation or frustration or whatever. So I'm using like three or four of my friends as like a model. And I'm really lucky to have those friends. I think they are a blessing, period. Next point. I do think that I and them have put in the work, to be honest with each other, though. And I, I know that there have been things that have been confessed and shared in confidence that has then yielded really beautiful healing. Um, and not at my hand, and not at their hand, but at the fact that it was open, it was shared, it was offered in prayer, it was checked on, it was accounted for, it was... It became a, th it became a, hmm, I don't know. It, 
it took it out of the dark, it put it in the light, and it said, let's just take a look at this. Let's see why we're doing this, or let's see why this happened, and let's see why it's impacting you the way that it did, or that it is. Um, and let's evaluate it for what it is and not just keep it in the dark, shadowy corners of your closet. And, like, and that leaves you, like, afraid to walk back there because you're afraid that something's going to trigger. Like, no, this is your closet. You own this closet. Let's clean it up a little bit. And that's the tea. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but I also feel like I'm making sense. Unclear. I, before I give you some action steps, because I know that's a thing for us, and it's a thing for me, I was sitting at something for work, and I remember thinking to myself, like, the person presenting said, okay, and I'm going to give you, like, some tangible action steps to take and I was like that's what I'm talking about like that's cool to talk and that's all really wonderful but until you give me something to do nothing's gonna change ideas are cool actions are better anyways I'm just spitting fire today something I want to share and I don't know how it relates but I felt it in my heart to share is when I am most hesitant to be honest with the Lord. So um, when I am aware that I have fallen short on something, big or small, most of the time I run for a while and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that didn't happen. It's fine. And then it builds and it builds or something happens and then something happens and then I have to face it or I get anxious about it or uh, it comes up in another conversation. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know, Lord. Okay, we'll talk about it later. I have noticed and I don't even try, but now I'm aware of it. When I am most apprehensive to share something with God, I mean, he already knows, but there's some power in sharing. When I'm most apprehensive to share with God, to confide in God, to confess to God, um, I get anxious. And then from that anxiety sparks this need to like pray and like pray off these really sad feelings and blah 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 and I think that, that there's a place for that I know in my heart I am dramatizing my feelings because I'm seeing now that it is as simple for me and I think it could be for you too just try it it could be as simple as just Sitting still. And that's what I do. Um, so going into these action steps, there's going to be one where this is kind of related. And again, I don't really know why I'm sharing this. But as I was typing my notes, I was like, this feels important. And so I'm just going to say it because maybe it's important for somebody. I now make time. And I pick up on time. On times. When I am to just sit down. And that's, that's exactly what I do. I'm in the middle of my bedroom. Not right now, but when this happens. I'm in the middle of my bedroom, and I just sit down. And I just sit there. And I close my eyes. And usually I'm crying. And then my dog's, like, licking my face and blah, blah, blah. But I just sit there. And this is why I didn't want to share this, Lord. Because I don't have the words for it. But I just... I sit there and I just l listen... But listen with like a capital L. 
and I've noticed that what I'm what I'm doing is I'm quieting my flesh, I'm quieting my fears, I'm quieting my apprehension, I'm quieting my nerves, I'm quieting my pride, I'm quieting my self-sufficient attitude of I gotta go fix this, I gotta go figure this out. And let me just listen for a second. And I think we can call that meditation. I think we can call that, um, you know, I mean, I guess you can call it prayer. I think many of us just call it meditation. And maybe it is. Um, but I've just started to call it listening. I'm going to go listen to the Lord for a while. And I just sit there. I don't count sheep. I don't sing hymns. I just sit there. And it's real quiet. And I don't, I don't know if I actually hear anything. <laughs> but I will say, I wonder if, like, my heart hears something that my brain doesn't. Because after a while, like, things start to shift in my brain and in my body and in my heart. Like, my shoulders kind of loosen and I just, I don't know. And I don't know why I shared that. But that's been really helpful for me is, like, when I start to get a little, like, oh, no, I got to deal with this. Or, oh, no, I'm not trying to talk about that. Or, oh, no, like. I'm not trying to deal with that right now. I have made time to quiet myself before the Lord. And not at all in some holier-than-thou meaning. Like, it's usually, like, in pajamas when I'm getting ready for bed, and I think of something, and then I think of something else, and then I think of something else, and then I'm, like, in a spiral. And then I'm just crying in an old big T-shirt. That was, like, my mom or dad's, and I'm just laying there. So maybe try that. Again, not really sure why I'm saying that, but I I knew I needed to. Okay, I've got some action steps for you. Here we go. You're not going to like them, <laughs> but I'm going to do them too because um, I think they're good practice for all of us, no matter where you're at with your honesty check, heart check, number one. I want you to think about this. What is something that you wish you could tell someone? We've all got one. I'd say I'm like a 98% open book, and there's still 2% that I'm like, I don't think so. So what is, what is your 2%? What is something that you wish you could talk to somebody about or share? Now, that could be confess, that could be share, that could be confide, that could be dream about, that could be, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be this, like, I need to confess my sin of... I don't know, an affair. It, it doesn't have to be that. Now it could be. And that might be a big step for you to talk about that. But it can be big or small, relatively. I think it makes it big because it's important. I want you to write that down. Somewhere private. Whether that's your phone because you got a passcode and a face lock and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I want you to write it down and... and you know, I mean, again, you can put it in your phone. I think there's something pretty powerful to, like, picking up a pen, putting it to paper, writing it down, watching yourself. Like, there's just something really beautiful about the written word. And I could talk about that for an hour, so I'm not going to. So put it on a piece of paper. The goal here is to get it off your brain and onto the paper. That doesn't mean it disappears. That doesn't mean your circumstances change. That doesn't mean God's going to poof and make it go away. That No. We are just starting a dialogue. Da -da. Action step number two. Sometime later, an hour, a day, a week, you're going to 
things are going to get rationalized and you're going to be like, it's fine, I don't need to worry about it anymore. I'd say like a day or two. I want you to talk to the Lord about it. And that still kind of feels weird to say because that looks different for everybody. And if that's way out of your comfort zone, you're like, I've actually never talked to the Lord like this, the way you're talking about, and I don't really know if I'm going to start with this, Hannah. That's fair. I understand your heart. I'm still going to ask you to do it. (laughs) Um, It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be a long conversation. It might feel like a monologue because it's just you audibly speaking. But the key point of this second action step is that I want you, I'm going to encourage you, uh, and I do want you to, I want it said out loud. And that's not on a microphone, that's not on social media, that's not um, to a stranger at Kroger, okay? We don't need to get weird about this. (laughs) But there is something really powerful when you put something into the atmosphere around you. And so I think we hear it in various circles and um, and activities like, you know, like say something kind, like put something, like put something positive into the area around you. And I mean, I don't know how all that works, but I do know, like I will agree that there is something that happens when you uh, interject your voice into the space around you and that can go into a lot of layers and like dissertations and blah 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 but we're not we're not going to go there I'll encourage this I I'm really uh, I would say I'm bold with my faith I mean I make a podcast but I'm not walking the halls of Target like praying out loud loudly or like that that's not normally my go-to I wish I was that kind of uninhibited in my faith. I'm not. I'm a little vain for that. (laughs) But um, the two places that I talk to God the most, one is in the shower. And it's not like booming voice at 6 a.m. It's just like in between lathers of shampoo. I'm like, Lord, can we please figure out X, Y, Z? This is driving me crazy. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden I'm talking about like, and could you sit with so-and-so today? Like, could you like could your precious little spirit just sit with my friend who's going through this and like could you make it feel like a hug today lord like could you just make it feel like you're hugging them today and that's sometimes how those conversations go i also talk to him in the car a my windows are kind of tinted but b i remind myself i'll literally never see these strangers again and if i do they ain't gonna remember me because we got people out here clipping their toenails in the car we got people out here shaving their face in the car We got people doing weirder stuff than talking to themselves. And how do they know I'm not listening to the radio, singing along? Or on speakerphone, hello. And the ultimate speakerphone is prayer. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe I said that. (laughs) Um, So if you're nervous to talk to him out loud, or you're nervous for people to see you, I say the shower. Um, Typically that's like a solo thing, unless, I don't know. I don't know your life. Number three. This is the big one. I might lose you with this. I want you to pick one friend, your closest friend, your sweetest friend, 
the friend who's the best at listening. Mm-hmm. You gotta pick that one. You've got one. You've got one. I know you do. And then I want you to call him or text him. And I either want you to share what's on your heart, what you just talked to the Lord about, or I want you to schedule a time to talk with them. Now, this process could take, you know, a while. I think that's fair. But what, I want, what I'm trying to encourage you to do is to take some steps where you are facing this opportunity to be honest and to be honest with the Lord. And I think that honesty then transfers onto our friends, but I also think the Lord sees that, like he's in the middle of it. And I'm over here like drawing connections for, with my eyeballs to things. I think the Lord honors honesty, and especially he honors it when it's between you and him. So if we can get comfortable with, like, let's talk with him, and then why don't we go talk with somebody else, and then we, we see how those dialogues work. We see him bless those friendships. And, you know, somebody might, somebody might not do you justice with this information. So you might go do this activity, and then they're like, oh, I don't know how to help, Sorry. And you're like, oh, curse you, Hannah. Why did you make me do this? And you know what? I'm sorry. But also, isn't that a good lesson? Maybe they're not your, maybe they're not your best friend. And I'm just causing drama left and right, left and right. But again, we're going back to opening, sharing. And then when you talk with a friend, that's audible words. Texting doesn't count. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Plus, then it leaves you in this awkward, anxious moment of waiting for them to reply. And I'm not putting you in that position. Just go talk to them. Talk to them. I want you to be brave and honest about a detail in your life that takes up real estate in your heart. And that was in the show notes. I think the more we can practice this in our tangible human ways, the more we'll get to see it in our relationship with God. And so maybe this is more about like how we can build to do this with the Lord. I don't know. I don't really know what this episode's focused on. I know it's honesty, though. And I have a fourth action set for you today. Normally it's three, but I have four. And the last one is, I want you to try my method. And you don't got to tell me if it works or not. Because <laughs> it worked for me. And that's why I want to share with you. I want you to consider just sitting still at some point this week. Sit in your bedroom floor. And don't make a sound. And you'd be like, well, I... And don't run through your grocery list. I'm going to tell you something sweet, and maybe this will be what you do. When my mom felt her sickest from cancer, from chemo, from diabetes, from whatever else this earth threw at her, she told me... Keep it together, Hurricanes. She told me that when she would lay in bed and she couldn't sleep for I don't know one of the 19 reasons why it was hard to sleep and she would be afraid of the future and she would be afraid of um, just what life would look like um, she said that she would visualize what Jesus looked like as a human. And she thought about like his features 
And I don't know that I have heard a more intimate, beautiful, vulnerable, and comforting idea in my life. And I've read a lot and I've listened to a lot. And she would say that, like, she would think of his hands. And how, you know, they were probably calloused on earth from being a carpenter. And she would think of, like, his feet. And not in a weird way, but, like, how they would be dirty from walking and... She would think of his beard and, like, she pictured him with dark hair and, like, darker features and thick eyebrows and, you know, and when I think like that, on top of everything else that I'm learning about him, um, I think of his smile and I go back to the place in scripture where it says that children would flock to him children would run to him and he would have to tell people let the children come to me Jesus was not some stuffy um inaccessible man walking around in a robe and telling people to change their lives he was gentle and he was my guess is he was fun if kids are running to him, he is fun. He is not stuffy. He is not mean. He is not condemning. He is life-giving and he's um, freedom-giving. And so if you need something to think about when you sit still this week, maybe think of that. And if you don't have a basis for that, if you are just getting to know who Jesus is, um, then maybe take time to ask. But could you, and like, then maybe that's your prayers. Could you reveal some of your heart to me? And he'll give you unique ways to think about, I mean, it, it, ah, I wish that I could be a fly on that wall when, you, when he gifts you with perspective of his heart. Um, yo, if you get something cool, could you please just share it with me? You just get a hold of me. I'm on all these sites. Just find me, please. And that wasn't in the show notes, like, at all. But I think that's cool to think about. Um, and that's where I'm going to end it. And I hope this was helpful, and I hope this was encouraging, and I didn't plan to get emotional, but, you know, another day, another tear, I like to say. <laughs> so I'm going to pray for us. Myself included, because it's, it's wild out there. It is wild. And I'll be back next Tuesday with the next chapter in this series. And then I will wrap it up. No, I will wrap it up next week. Wow, it's, it's going to be the 18th. Plus 7 is 25, right? Yeah, I teach English. I don't teach math. <laughs> if you can't tell. Yeah, so I'll wrap it up next week. Um... I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like yet. i got to think about it. To be honest, we'll see. 
Okay, land the plane, Harkins. Uh, so I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll be out of here. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Um, Lord, this was better than I had put in the show notes. <laughs> uh, thank you that you are someone, you are a person who, oh, um, is easy to talk about, but not simple to understand. Mm-hmm, that seems right. Um, thank you for your spirit that, um, he, I could say he, uh, that he is our friend here on earth. He is our comforter. Um, he helps us with discernment. Um, I, I feel a little lost for words. Um, I thank you for technology for those that are listening on the other end. Lord, I pray that as they're listening to this, Lord, would they inhale and then just exhale and then go take on the day. Um, would they take time this week to sit still with you? Um, Jesus, could they envision you? Could you show a new part of you to them this week and to myself? Yo, yeah, include me in that prayer, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray for those who are hurting at this second. Lord, would your comfort feel like a hug? Would it actually feel like a hug? I feel like you have done more wild things in the Bible, like sucked people into the earth and like flooded the earth. And so I feel like, Lord, that you're able to make it feel like a hug. <laughs> I feel like you can handle that. And so I'm going to ask for it. It's weird, but I'm going to ask for it. Um, Lord, this world is broken. And you know that. Um Lord, could we see that your plan and your plan for justice and redemption is bigger than just us? It is bigger than our time on earth, and it is bigger than just my lifespan. So the justice that I desire to see in my own life and for those who have hurt me, I might not see it because that justice is better timed at another time in the scope of history. Lord, I pray for all of those who are oppressed. Lord, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Um, I think of those who are trafficked. Lord, I don't have an answer for that. Lord, I don't know how you're going to fix that. I don't know how you're going to redeem that. But I, I am getting to know you, and my best option is to just try and trust. Um, Lord, I pray that we can all go into this week being honest with ourselves, with our friends, but most importantly with you. Lord, I pray that we can have conversations with you through your spirit, that just begin to just carve out all these just kind of bleh chunks in our heart. Um, Lord, would you help me to sit still this week in the midst of the madness of work and demands and trying to exercise because I feel like I've eaten my weight in tortilla chips for the past 72 hours. Lord, could I sit still in the midst of that, in the midst of the tornado that surrounds me and just quiet my heart for a second to listen to you? listen for you. You're always speaking to us. Lord, I pray that if somebody doesn't know you, that these words in this episode help them get to know you and encourage them to continue to get to know you. Lord, if I'm the only one praying for them in their life, Lord, I pray that this prayer does something that changes the trajectory of their day, their week for them. 
Uh, Lord, it, it ain't me. LOL. It ain't me. Um, but Lord, your spirit is the one that just shows up and changes the scene. And I thank you for that. And I'm expectant for a life to come. I'm expectant for heaven. I'm expectant for reunions. Oh, and now we're rambling, Lord, because I... I don't know. Because <laughs> it's time for bed. Uh, Lord, I thank you that we're all in a time and a place where technology can do this type of thing. And I pray for all those who need it. In Jesus' name, amen.